Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. Did you notice that you missed the usually last week? I did. It haunted me for two weeks, but I, one of the things just pulling, you know, like pulling back slightly on the, like behind the curtain of how we make the show is it almost always, it's just one run straight through. Like we don't do takes. We're not like re-recording things or trying to, you know, sort of record a lot of, a lot of content and then editing it down to 30 minutes. It's pretty much 30 minutes. Like we hit go, we hit finish and every now and then we go slightly over, but it's pretty much a straight run through. And so I didn't, I, I, I thought of it. As soon as I was finishing it last week, and it's been haunting me for two weeks, so I made extra sure I did it right this week. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. So what have, you, what have you been working on? Yeah. So I think the thing that I want to talk about today is uh, sort of, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, but it's, it's, it's a kind of optimization in our apps or in our business, maybe moreover, um, that I think is so, I've seen myself struggling with for a long time, and I think has the more I become aware of it, the more I see places where I'm not doing this, that I think it's useful. And specifically, this is the kind of optimization where rather it's so easy for me to be focused on, are there new opportunities, new features, new things I can do to enhance my app, you know, increase my business, et cetera. And I'm always looking kind of over the horizon to like what I could do next. And it's very easy to do that. It's very exciting to do that. There's lots of fun things that can happen if you start looking over the horizon. But very often, I'm not looking sort of backwards or I guess down at my own feet for things that are in my app right now, like features I've already built, things that exist that are out in the world that I'm not taking as full advantage um, as I could. And I think increasingly what I'm finding is it's leaving a lot of kind of opportunities that I could be taking advantage of that I aren't, that I'm not, that I'm not. And it's way, way sort of cheaper, simpler, less time to work on these kind of things than it is to like build these massive new features. And the example we're going to get into kind of later on that I think is useful and very instructive for this is the journey I've gone on in the last year or so, kind of trying to optimize and improve the paywall inside of Widgetsmith, which you know, it's like is, is a prime example of this kind of thing where I feel like, oh, I, maybe if I add one more feature to, you know, behind the paywall, then more people will subscribe. And maybe that's true. Or maybe I should spend some time making sure that I'm maximizing the amount of income and the you know, amount of conversion that I can get out of the existing features that I already have. And I've definitely found that this is very true, that there's a lot of opportunity that I've had in going down this road of trying different things, doing lots of A-B testing, uh, trying out different approaches and kind of optimizing what I have rather than trying to find these new things that I need to make. And only sort of moving on, move on to those new things once I'm in a place uh, where I feel like I've things are fairly optimal, things are good and stable, and you know, I'm, I, at, some, at some point you hit a point of diminishing returns. When you get there, great, move on to the new things. But make sure you've hit that point rather than just like moving on because you see something shiny off in the distance. Yeah, this is this is yet another area where your you know pragmatism and discipline greatly exceeds my own. Uh, <laughs> like you know, when it comes down to like you know, let's try to optimize the conversion rate and stuff like that. I am terrible at this. I have always been terrible at this. And I used to actually look down upon this kind of work. Um, now I recognize this is actually very valuable work. I just don't want to do it. Um, so sure. at least I, you know, I'm making some progress. Um, but you know, it's so tempting as indies um, and as nerds, really. You know, we just want to focus on 
features and the product and and making users happy and it's so hard for us to even consider the possibility like hey maybe the way that we are like asking for money or the way that we put people through our our onboarding or sign up process maybe these aren't as good as they can be maybe we should actually focus on that like it's so hard because to you know to most nerds like us that is just the most boring work in the world and and the and and it even to many people you know it would feel kind of wrong or dirty the same way that you know we kind of think badly of of things like you know app store optimization techniques um you know it it feels kind of wrong sometimes to us Um, but the reality is this is just a part of the business that we need to do we need to make sure that like you know like like i i changed my um my login slash sign up screen um last year sometime because i you know I, i was looking at the conversion numbers in app store connect and it was just comically bad like (laughs) how fast people were dropping off the app and you know some of that is normal and and you know inevitable Uh, in fact a lot of that is is normal Uh, but i realized like you know if i can just make a small change here (laughs) if i can improve the you know the number of people who get past the screen by 10 or 20 percent like that could be a a pretty significant long-term gain for me and so i should probably start doing that like and, and and for a while you know my easy growth is over i I have I don't have huge numbers of new people coming in all the time. That's why I have to start getting getting into things like search ad buying, which I hate, um, but I'm still doing it because you know it's kind of necessary. <laughs> um, you know, and and starting to optimize for the people I already have, and start starting to optimize for retention and conversions. And you know, it's easy for the first you know for the first stage of an app when you're getting when you're you're mainly just trying to get as many people in the door as possible. It's easy to just focus on the product and just say, all right, you know what? I'm just going to make as many features as I can to get as many like you know blog posts and recommendations and reviews as I can. That'll get people in the door. But once once you're past that point, once once your your flow of new people has leveled off, you really have to focus a lot on. All right, well, how do I optimize what I already have? Because the rate of new people coming in is is slow to nothing now, and and that's. It's hard. I'll tell you one thing. It's hard, and and many people, myself included, have a hard time even thinking about it. Like, and, and not not in the sense that it's difficult, you know, to deal with, but in the sense of we don't think about it. Yeah. No. And I think there is some. I think. And I think there's two reasons for that that I think are that make this so difficult. And I'm like, and it's like you want to say that I, I do good at this. It's like I feel like I've been struggling with this for years, and it's like I've, if if anything, it's slightly comedic how long it's taken for me to even get to the basic level of this kind of thing. And I think the first part of why I find it difficult is that sense of a lot of this requires data collection, I think. And I think in order to do that, then you start to get into the all kinds of sort of things where it becomes less clear what the, you know, a good path is. Like, are you doing this in a way that's privacy def- uh, preserving? Are you being too s- sort of spying on your users? Like those kind of things are negatives in my mind and not things that I want to get too far into or, you know, sort of do a lot of. And so it's hard to want to do that. But the reality is, is, you know, I'm going to build something and I sort of, you can come at it from the like, well, I'm, you know, I'm the artisan craftsman. I'm going to make it exactly the way that I think is best. And I'm going to make it and it put it out there. And it's like, because I made it that way, it's the best. And it's like that, maybe that's true for like one person, but for the majority of us, it's not the best. There's going to be some improvement, some optimization that we can do, um, to do, you know, to go down that road. And so we have to, 
the way we need to do that is to you know do data collection. And so there needs to be some kind of analytics. There needs to be some kind of thing that we have some feedback mechanism by which we are gathering uh, to do this. And you know, for a lot of us, it's just going to be some kind of in-app analytics. And I think that's one thing that's often a barrier to kind of be thinking in that way. And I think the other thing that I personally find really challenging with this kind of work is that it's, I think it is so easy to be focused on, yeah, it's like, I want to get people in the door that like download, it's like whatever you measure is what, it's like how you keep score uh, starts to be the thing that you start caring about too much. And I feel like for a long time, I would be focused on download numbers, like how many people am I getting in the app? Like, what is, what is that? And if that's my focus and how do I get people into the app, I will focus my attention in different directions than once they're in my app, what are they doing? What are, you know, how am I, how, you know, how am I best, how am I taking care of them? Am I, you know, keeping them around? Do I have good retention? And I find that in some ways it was just harder for me to, because it's similar to my first point. It's like, it's harder to quantify and you need to kind of dig into user behavior in a way that can feel a little bit, um, tricky, but it's also, it's one of these things that you have so much more leverage with those customers. Like it is so, so hard to get someone to download your app in the first place that it is so important to then take full advantage of every single one of those downloads. But, you know, if we can increase, and this is the thing that I've been finding in, in my own work with this is how, you know, you think about a 10% improvement in some metric in terms of people sticking around, people clicking on your buy button, people start you know, returning to the app, whatever that is. It's like those, it's like trying to get 10% more downloads to your app is very difficult and likely very expensive. Keeping the people around by making your app easier to use, more intuitive, clearer to understand, whatever those things are, that's probably a lot easier. There's probably much more kind of low-hanging fruit that we can pull on that will allow us to have these big, these sort of these very outsized impacts um, without necessarily even spending a lot of money. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's a hard thing to both want to do sometimes and then also to feel competent to do. Like I've been going through this in a very kind of meandering, bumbling, made a lot of mistakes kind of way, which I think is useful and certainly useful for this topic. You know, if you have, if you have a podcast where you like talking about your mistakes, it's excellent to make lots of mistakes, but <laughs> um it's like it's overall something I think I feel like I'm a better independent developer as a result of going through this, you know, because I've sort of had this recognition that I need to do more of it and just try uh, to focus more, have more of an, imp, you know, more of a focus on how can I optimize my existing customers, you know, experience and conversion rather than being too focused on the next thing. How can I attract the next customer? Because um, that's so much harder and such a more kind of uh, struggle. It's just such a bigger, bigger struggle to, to face. Well, also, you know, suppose that, you know, if you think about it from a, a user point of view, like, you know, if you need to invest in, you know, you're, you're, you're going to spend two weeks making your app better for the business in some way, right? Well, if you go add some feature, who's going to even know about that? It's going to be maybe, you know, people who might follow you on social media or might, might read your company blog or whatever it is. But, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get press coverage, but then it'll be only people who see that press coverage who will, who will know about it. Most people who are going to come upon your app, like in the app store through a link or or just you know through search or whatever, um, most people are going to see the 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 big main parts. They're going to see your 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 login screen or, or your you know your your onboarding whatever it is. Um, they're going to see your basic features. They're going to hit your paywall at some point, hopefully if you have one. Um, whatever feature you just spent two weeks adding might be off to the side somewhere. Most of the people who come to your app aren't even going to see it. 
Whereas if you improve those core parts of the experience, the onboarding, the main core features, the paywall situation, if you improve that, everyone sees that. Everyone coming into your app could see that. And so that could benefit you far more than adding a feature that at best might get you a link from, from a blog at some point, you know, but if really, if you're looking at dollars and cents and, and you know, what, what's going to have the biggest bang for your buck, you are better off Im- improving those core parts rather than, you know, adding, you know, side quests basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. And I think that's even to, to that point, it is for the majority of apps, it's probably true that all we, if all we ever did was have a just absolutely amazing core experience that like that's that core experience was perfection and we never touched it ever again like we just held that perfection for the core experience it's probably good enough probably in many ways better than kind of going down side quests and rabbit holes and these things that we often want to do in kind of just it's enjoyable to make or we think maybe this will be a thing that's a new you know a new big branch but like you know just optimizing for that core experience there's a certainly a lot of wisdom in that and like in it's it's an interesting thing you just said like it makes me think like how much of my apps are am i building stuff that you know 90 percent of people will never use and if that's true then should i just like not do it like is, is it is it is it wasted time but anyway that's a that's a whole other side quest for us to explore we are sponsored this episode by set app there's an app for everything these days some are great others not so much how do you quickly find the right one for you SetApp is a great way to discover apps for every professional with a Mac and iPhone. It has 240-plus apps, all available with a single subscription. From coding to design to everyday chores such as decluttering your menu bar or cleaning up your storage, SetApp has top-tier software to keep at hand. Imagine what you could do with 240 high-quality apps all packed into one. Whether you need to develop, design, or create, there's an app for almost every task, so you don't need to look in tons of places to find what you need. With SetApp, you can think about your tasks, not apps. SetApp has a dedicated curation team who only selects the highest quality apps. Personally, I am blown away by what they have in there. They have so many amazing apps from developers that I know or really respect. Like it's it's quite something to see their catalog. So see for yourself. New apps are added regularly. Updates are free. All the apps are full featured pro versions, not like little trial or limited versions. All of them are the full versions of the app. And this is a great value. Instead of paying $8,000 in licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee of $9.99. So until November 30th, use code UNDERRADAR to get a month of a free trial. Head over to setapp.com and look for the link to redeem the code in the footer. That's setapp, S-E-T-A-P-P.com, code UNDERRADAR. Our thanks to Setapp for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So, you know, what you're what you're talking about here makes a lot of sense, and I'm terrible at it. And you can look at the overcast paywall experience, and you can see how terrible I am at it. And I really, really desperately need to improve that screen because it's awful. You've been doing a much better job. Or at least I've been going down the road of making it a better job, I suppose. Like, uh Yes. So I think an interesting thing to talk through is kind of this journey that I've been on. And I was looking at my stats. I think I started working on my paywall maybe a year ago. Like it's kind of wild how, cause I, I, I didn't make this a focus in the sense of it's something that I, you know, devoted a huge amount of time to. It's something that I pick up and put down regularly and kind of just keep hoping I can improve. And specifically what, what I've done. And so there's essentially, you know, in, 
uh, Widget Smith, there is a paywall and you hit it whenever you want to use one of the premium features, which are things like photo filters or weather widgets or certain themes or fonts, and it removes the ads. So like that's, as you know, and there's a, it's a auto renewing subscription in the app. So every time you hit one of those features, it pops up a paywall. And I had the initial, the initial paywall that was in the app, I think for a year, which is kind of wild when I think of how like bad it performs, how that was what I had in the app for a year. Um, and now, oh, it's probably worth saying in the show notes for this app and potentially as the, as the chapter art will see, um, there's definitely going, there's, I have a link to a page that just says all my paywalls for you. So you can kind of follow this along because I'm going to be describing some things that are a little bit visual and obviously podcast is excellent for visuals. So just that's where you can go. We should review flags. Yeah. So that is what we're going to do. So just kind of understand kind of that's where I'm going. And so specifically I had a, I had a, just a, a very simple paywall that describes the features and has like one button that says like subscribe monthly and one that subscribes uh, yearly. And I, the first thing I did was just collect some basic stats, like for every, how many people are opening this page a day? How many people are clicking either of those buttons? Of those people who are clicking those buttons, how many people are then canceling the purchase? How many people are completing the purchase? And I just started basic doing some basic collection for this. And the results were kind of like shockingly bad, um, if, if, if I'm being completely honest, where it's like I think I was getting below 0.1% conversion, I think. Now, do we do we have a good idea like what's a good number there? I don't – I don't. I don't and I, I, well, I think that's an interesting point and I would say – I don't know if there is. I think it seems very market dependent in terms of what that's, what's going to be a good number. And I can say that's a bad number now because I know what's been possible subsequently. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. I mean, congrats. <laughs> I, I think it is a good point, but I think the tricky thing in comparing your numbers to others is it, it's like if I'm comparing my like kind of whimsical, uh, you know, home screen optimization tool to a highly, you know, a professional tool where the number of people who are using it are using it to, you know, make money from their income, like the conversion rate is probably going to be higher. Um, so like, I think relative conversion is the thing that you can really look at in a way that is more useful potentially than comparing against each other. And it's like, I know my less than 0.1% was bad because I know I'm able to get it much better now, if that makes sense. Okay, good. So, anyway, so I started with that and got some baseline stats. And then I like added a slightly different version that rather than having a button for bi-monthly and bi-yearly, I have like a toggle to choose if you want a yearly or monthly subscription and then just a big like start free trial button. This converted massively better. Um, so these are the alternate ones if you're following along in the show notes. Um, and here I tried a bunch of different colors for my, uh, my start free trial button. It turns out in this case, color didn't matter at all which I was in some ways heartened to see because it means it was a variable I kind of could forget about testing because it ultimately wasn't Im that, that important. But the original one that I had for you know over a year versus this one, I think I was seeing like a 50% improvement in actual conversion, um, which wow was, which is kind of a wild thought when you start to get to like, man, yeah, that's that that's a lot of mistakes that I've been making for the past year. Just don't, you um, can't you can't think about that. You can't, no, no, no. I know you can't think about like, wow, how much would I have made if I would have done this earlier? No, you can't. You can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but it showed, and I think it sort of demonstrated to me that there is a lot of space for improvement here. There's a lot of things that I can do, and I think what was really cool with this particular improvement is that the biggest difference in that conversion rate. While it was overall people were, it was converting better. It was also that fewer people were canceling their purchase after they'd hit buy. 
which makes me think that there was much more intention behind what I was communicating, that the number of people who were hitting buy understood what they were doing rather than hitting a button, which they weren't sure what it would do. And it popped up like the pay, you know, the actual like, give us your money, Apple screen. And they were like, whoa, 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 and hit cancel. And like, I liked that, 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 that metric, like my cancellation rate improved dramatically from one to the other. And it's like, I like that just even just almost like morally that fewer people were sort of feeling like they were being tricked into being asked for money in a, in a way that like this, this one definitely converts better in that way. In addition to more people actually going through with the purchase, the number of people who hit buy and then, you know, confirm that purchase went up as well. So a great score in that regard. Um, yeah. So anyway, so then I'm, I'm, opt- I'm thinking, okay, this is great. I'm going to try something totally different and like tried, uh, like I went, I, in, in this thing, I had this version where it was like these, these pages of all the different features and it would like auto rotate through it. And that version, uh, converted horribly. Like this was almost, this was worse than the original one. So worse than the, like the 0.1%. This one did terribly immediately, like through, 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 through that one away. Uh, went and tried something called, like that was super simple that rather than having these big, like lot, lots of images of the widgets and what they look like and all the different variants and not types, I went for something that was just very straightforward, a little bit of, little bit of text, went an example of each of the main things. And this one actually did way better, um, on, in general than any of the, than my previous one. This is now we're starting to get to the place where I'm getting like 10% improvements and 5% improvements, but you know, consistent, measurable improvement, which was great. Um, and then I was realizing I was looking at my paywall and I was thinking, huh, my paywall looks very different than I feel like a lot of big companies' paywalls do. Um, I have like lots of buttons in a way that I feel like the majority of these kind of big apps who I imagine have teams of people whose job it is to optimize these things, um, tend to only have like one big button. It's like, there's just one big, I think the term of art is a call to action. They have one big call to action and then everything else is kind of secondary to that. And so it's like, oh, I'll try that. And I tried the new button and this was like 25% better, (laughs) which makes sense. And it's like, I guess that's why everyone else is doing it that way. So that's a direction that I then went in. I mean, this is like, Uh, this is an area where... You know, when it comes to like whether developers like us should look towards what big companies are doing, there's a lot of areas where we should not. <laughs> this is one area where we probably should. Like, you know, this because you can be sure that big companies have optimized the crap out of their call to action for their like main ways they make money. And so this is an area where like, yeah, we, we shouldn't look to them for things like, you know, tracking ethics <laughs> sure oftentimes you know like there's there's a lot of things that we should not look to big companies for um but when it comes to like the design of paywall screens yeah we should probably take some input from them yeah exactly and so that that is what i've done and so i've gotten to there and then most recently the thing the last thing that i've tried that i thought was i was one of these like huh i wonder if this is true is it's so easy with conversion to think of just like how many times someone viewed the screen versus how many times someone hit buy. And then I started to think, huh, I wonder if it makes a difference where they're coming from before they get this paywall. So are they hitting the paywall when they're trying to set up one of the premium themes or are they trying to use one of the photo filters or they're trying to set up a weather widget or like, where are they coming from? Are they doing it from the settings screen? Are they getting it from like the footer? Is this someone who has, uh, has an ex- previously had a subscription and is now sort of they've hit the you know 
your this widget is locked it won't show the data because your subscription is expired you know tap to renew essentially and so i started to collect data based on that like the source specific kind of thing what i found there that was really interesting is that some it's like some of those sources would convert better if i went if i give them different paywalls which sort of makes sense but if i show a weather oriented paywall to someone who's trying to set up a weather a weather widget, it makes sense that that would convert better than if they're just trying to set up a fonts and I want to show them the fonts. And so that's where I am right now. And this has been very promising and I've kind of gone down the road of kind of optimizing to this, this point. And it's really cool to see that I've been able to like steadily improve the conver- relative conversion of my app by looking at these kinds of things. And so now every time you, depending on where you are in the app, if you tap it, tap, you know, if you tap something that generates a paywall, you'll see a different one that's based on where you're coming from. And, you know, it's not perfect. It's not like I continue. I have so many questions for that. I want to answer in the future about how other ways I could sort of optimize this. But I think hopefully, hopefully like walking through this journey is interesting is sort of demonstrates that this is something that the core experience of widget Smith has not changed at all, but I've been able to have like in aggregate, a very meaningful increase in the revenue and number of subscribers that I have to my app by doing relatively basic changes that like none of these are these super complicated, like high production things. It's not like I had to hire a team of designers to come up with, you know, like this high, you know, it's not like I'm, I got Adam Lizagor to make like a sandwich video for my paywall and it's this super awesome high production value thing. It's like, no, I moved around some buttons, changed their colors and made things a bit clearer and then added a bit of logic so that I could work out which one to show you based on where you are. Like this, none of this was 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 a super like detailed thing, but it's a meaningful increase, and I feel like it's such an interesting opportunity for most apps to look at their apps in this way and find ways to optimize and to find ways to you know sort of take advantage of what we have rather than getting stuck on feeling like you know if we if we add one more thing or that it would make you know that that's the thing that'll make the difference finally. Yeah, because I, I think it's it's very useful for developers like us to to hear and and to see that this kind of thing is accessible to us. That we don't need a team of growth hackers uh, or a team of professional designers necessarily. Like we we don't need big company resources in order to make changes like this that can be materially beneficial to us. Um, and and I'm saying this, mo- I'm you know I'm telling you all out there, you should do this, even though I myself have not done this very well. I'm I'm really talking to myself as well as talking to everyone sure. else. Um, and this, uh, frankly, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm trying to switch as much as I can over to Swift UI over the coming you know six months to a year probably, um, because this is the kind of experimentation that. Swift UI makes this so much easier than UI kit to do all this like quickly and and you know in certain polished ways like the more I use Swift UI like I'm I'm finally getting good at it and I'm finally realizing like wow I can work a lot faster in this and this is one area where I just I cannot wait to convert more of my app over to this so I can iterate faster so I can offer things like this so so I can so I can you know have major impacts on on my app it, without having to like you know rebuild the brooklyn bridge every single time i want to change something <laughs> like i yeah. feel like all my ui kit code is like it's almost like i wrote everything in assembly and i'm trying to like iterate quickly with an assembly <laughs> ui <laughs> it's like let's <laughs> moving moving to higher level stuff like swift ui uh, i think really enables a lot more experimentation like this uh, a lot more quickly 
Yeah. I think there's definitely something to that. And I think these are all like, it's one of the advantages of search UI and making it feel like these, making these very lightweight things that are very easy to kind of switch between and part of, you know, like making components that are easy to share. Like it's not just Swift UI, but that definitely helps. And it definitely has made this process something that, um, kind of is easier without like, so there's an example of another way you could go down with something like this is there's a tool called Superwall, which uh, is made by, uh, Jake Moore and a couple other guys, which is a way of doing this where you make all of your paywalls in HTML, essentially, and it's all done server side so that you say like, show the paywall. And then they will have these cool tools for letting you do AB tests and try different things and so on. And I was intrigued by it and kind of looked at it a little bit, but that's for me, I was like, I want to make, I, I don't feel as comfortable in that area, whether or not it's better or not, I think is, would become, you know, a question of your your skills, but you know, I feel better and more skillful making these kind of things in Swift UI. So that's where I wanted to go. And I kind of built my own system to manage that. But like there are way, there's lots and lots of tools and templates that you could go down um, to try try and do these kind of experiments um, and just see um, if, you know, with that, without feeling like you have, you're not, you don't have to commit to this big, heavy thing. And also too, it's probably fair to say is you could very easily with a lot of these things, just do it as an experiment, like show it to 10% of people and see if that's different. Or if you're not, you know, like there's a lot of ways to experiment and be uh, sort of tentative in this area without needing to feel like you're, you know, betting the whole company on something because you don't need to. Like a lot of this stuff is, you know, the nice thing with most statistics is once you get a beyond a certain, you know, sort of representative sample set, you have enough information to know if it's a good idea or not, um, without having to worry too much about, is this going to completely upturn everything? Yeah. Well, this is, once again, you've, you've inadvertently assigned me a lot of work that will probably benefit me quite a lot. So thank you very much. (laughs) Well, you have two weeks to build a better paywall for Overcast. And I expect your, you know, your homework on my desk in two weeks, and I will look forward to taking a look at what you've come up with. I mean, it's hard to be worse than my current one. <laughs> but then you just think, just think of how much. I look forward to knowing what that your percentage. You know, mine was like a fifty percent initial uplift. I wonder what yours will be. You can, you know, it's like stay tuned to find out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.